today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Instead of laying up treasure here on earth that you're going to lose at some point anyways, uh, when, you're, when you die at the very least, you can't take it with you. We can lay up treasure in heaven. And then the important principle, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Listen, if you're investing in the kingdom of heaven, your heart's going to be focused on heaven and the things of God. If you're only investing in this world and possessions in this world, your thoughts and your heart and your mind are going to be focused on this world. Generally, most people grow uncomfortable when a pastor begins to talk about giving and generosity. But God talks of it frequently in His Word. And today, Pastor Dan will encourage you to remember that God sees financial giving as an act of worship and thanksgiving. All you have is from God, and He asks you to give a small bit back to Him in order to use for good in the world. Yes, it requires trust, believing that God will provide for your needs. But God is faithful, and He'll reward those who trust in Him. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Malachi chapter 3 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. As an act of worship, we should give. As an act of thanksgiving to God, we should give. As a way of acknowledging God's goodness and God's provision and God's blessing on our lives, we should give. As a way of honoring God with the things that he's given to us, we should give. As a way of investing in the kingdom of God, we should give. And I have a few verses for you to consider about tithing and giving. First of all, 2 Corinthians 8.12 says that we should give according to what you have. Give according to what you have. Uh, so, so that means, first of all, you have to know what you have. <laughs> you need to know how much you make, how much your household makes. A lot of people don't even know that. For, for, for one person, giving 10% may be too much to give. If you're not really making that much, you've got three kids and diapers, and you're buying diapers and formula and, you know, trying to pay rent, and 10% may be too much. For a, another person, 10% may be too little. I mean, if you're making, you know, $50 million a year, I'm, you know, I always try to pick a number that I think nobody in the audience is making that if you're making $50 million, I'm not singling you out. And I'd love, to, I'd love to have lunch with you this week. If, uh... <laughs> but if you make $50 million, you probably can live on more than 90% or less than 90% and give more than 10% of your income. And, and so I think in the New Testament, it's not, it's not really a 10%. It's not really a number, but we give according to what we have. And, you know, one of the things about tithing or giving that is good it's just one of the things, but it, it causes a person to seriously look at their finances and figure out how much they have, how much they make, and what they're spending their money on. And if you're here and you would say, I can't afford to tithe, 
or I can't afford to give, or there's no way I could give 10%. Why not? Why can't you? What, what, are, what are you spending your money on? It, it, it may be you're spending too much of your money on other things. Or it may be that you're living above your means and you own things and are paying for things on credit that you can't really afford. And maybe you need to make some changes to how you spend your money. Maybe you need to get on a budget. And so giving causes us to examine our finances and get our finances in order. And that's just a good thing. That's a healthy way to live. Another verse for you, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 to 7. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Here, he mentions this principle, Paul mentions this principle of of sowing and reaping. And he says, those that sow sparingly will reap sparingly, and those who sow bountifully will reap bountifully. There's a law there of sowing and reaping. He also says here that you are to uh, purpose in your heart what you should give. That, That means you need to pray about it. And thoughtfully and prayerfully decide what you should give. Again, not just financially, but of your time, your energy to the Lord. Romans 12 says that we're to make our lives a living sacrifice to God. Everything belongs to him. Everything's come from him. Everything belongs to him. And so we we pray and purpose in our hearts. What does the Lord want me to give? How much does he want me to give? And we're not to give grudgingly, right? Like with a bad attitude, right? There's no reward for that. So you might as well just keep your money. Because you're not going to get rewarded if you have a bad attitude while you're giving. Not to give out of necessity or because someone has manipulated you or pressured you. But God loves a cheerful giver. The word literally means a hilarious giver. That we should be able to laugh. Yeah, sure, I can give to that. Yeah, we got money for that. Yeah, I don't know how we have money for that, but we got money for that, right? There's this whole sowing and reaping thing. Another verse. Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So that, listen, here's that principle of sowing and reaping. If you sow bountifully, you'll, you'll reap bountifully. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new Wine. Again, we honor the Lord with our possessions and giving is a way of just honoring God. And as as we give generously, as we sow generously, we'll reap generously. It seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? If I give more, I'm going to have more. And and we think, no, I got to hold on to it so that I have more. But really, the, the principle is if you give, then you'll receive more. Another verse, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be 
also. And so there it's talking about laying up your treasure in heaven instead of laying up treasure here on earth that you're going to lose at some point anyways uh, when, you're, when you die at the very least. Can't take it with you. And we can lay up treasure in heaven. And then the important principle, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Listen, if you're investing in the kingdom of heaven, your heart's going to be focused on heaven and the things of God. If you're only investing in this world and possessions in this world, your thoughts and your heart and your mind are going to be focused on this world. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Another verse. I just have two more for you. Proverbs eleven twenty five. Proverbs eleven twenty five. The generous person will prosper. The generous person will prosper. Again, that's that principle of sowing and reaping. Proverbs nineteen seventeen, the last one. Proverbs nineteen seventeen. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. If you give to the poor, poor person can't pay you back. There's no way they're ever going to pay you back. Never going to see that money again. But it says here, you're actually lending to the Lord God and he will pay you back what was given. Now look at verse nine. So he says here, hey, you're robbing me. And they say, in what way have we robbed you? And they say, in tithes and offerings. And then he says in verse nine, you are cursed with a cursed for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, he says the, the whole nation is cursed because they've been robbing God with their tithes and offerings. Again, you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. They have sowed sparingly as a nation, and the nation is, is suffering as a result of it. If you remember in Haggai chapter 1, I know you guys remember Haggai, right? Haggai chapter 1, you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Ever feel that way? Like your wallet has a hole in it? Where did all my money go? Your purse has a hole in it? What happened to all my money? Your bank account has a hole in it? Well, with Haggai, he says, he tells them, you're spending all your money on yourself. And, and you're, you're giving nothing towards God. And, and that's why you never seem to have enough. Because your priorities are out of order. And here the, the nation's cursed because you've been robbing God in your tithes and offerings. He says in verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. They had a storehouse at the temple. That there may be food in my house. And try me now on, in this. Try me now in this says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. If you're taking notes, this is the only time God says, try me or test me. Everywhere else, God says, trust me. But when it comes to giving, God says, try me and test me and see if I pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. God will be a debtor to no person. And so God says, test me in this. And giving takes faith, doesn't it? Giving takes faith. You know, do, do you believe God will supply your needs? Do you believe he will pour out his blessing on you if you give? It really takes faith when you give sacrificially or when your income is uncertain. Am I going to tithe now when I'm not sure I'm going to get paid this month or uh, I'm not sure what my paycheck will be. Am I going to continue to give? Do you believe he'll bless your faithfulness to give? That's an act of faith. 
You know, in the, in the Old Testament, they gave their first fruits, the first part of the harvest. Before they had the whole harvest in, they gave the first fruits that they picked and brought those to the temple and gave those to God. And it was an act of faith. You're trusting that God's going to provide the rest of the harvest for you. This may be the only fruit we get. We better not give it to God. Let's wait until the very end and see how much we bring in. Then we'll give him something. No. First fruits, hey, this is the first that came in. I'm trusting you to bring in more. I'm giving everything I got to you at this point. I need you to bring in the rest of the harvest for me. It's an act of faith. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Look what he says in verse 11. Don't you love Malachi? I mean, last week we talked about divorce. Now we're talking about giving. This is wonderful, isn't it? Verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, or shall the vine fail to bear the fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. He says here, you know, if you start tithing and bringing in and giving as you should, God will protect you from the devourer. Who's the devourer? I don't know. But God says, I'll protect you. Now, that doesn't mean that you will never, ever have financial problems again or your car will never, ever break down and need repairs. But you'll not be devoured financially. You'll not be destroyed financially. You know, again, going back to what I was saying a few minutes ago, when you when you, you know, begin to give and you actually give an honest look at your finances and how much am I bringing in? What are we spending money on? You know, where is all of our money going? And you start to get your financial house in order and, and you're giving faithfully to God and, and you're tracking your finances well enough to know where the money is going. When your car breaks down, you've got money for it. You know, you've got some funds set aside for when the hot water heater blows up. And it's not a financial crisis that destroys you or devours everything you have. You're prepared. And all the nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. People will look at your life and see God's blessing on your life and say, wow, God's hand is really on your life and on your family. You're, you're, you're blessed and you can say it's the Lord. It's just the Lord. Verse 13. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Here's the next accusation. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the proud blessed for those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God 
and go free. The people were saying it's not worth it to serve God and honor him with your life or to walk in his ways. Those who do wickedness all seem to prosper and get away with it without consequences. It doesn't pay to be godly. And so you shouldn't. This reminds me of what the psalmist said in Psalm 73. Psalm 73, the psalmist was envious of the wicked And he said of the wicked, they seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They look great. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They enjoy a life of ease while while their riches multiply. And then the psalmist begins to question serving God. Like, why do I why do I even bother? He says, uh, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. And then it says, the psalmist says, Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. They may prosper in this life, but they will be judged in eternity by God. And for the believer in Jesus Christ, listen, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, this life is as bad as it's ever going to get for you. This is the only hell you're ever going to know. As the Apostle Paul said, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the wicked person who rejects Jesus Christ, this life is the only heaven they're going to know. And then they're going to go into judgment and eternity. And they're telling, but, you know, in Malachi's day, their people are saying, it's not worth it to serve God. It's useless. Just do whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Now look at verse 16. We're almost finished here. Verse 16. Verse 16 is so wonderful. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. And so a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate or esteem his name. You know, as, as all of this is going on in, in Israel in the time of Malachi, there, there was a remnant of believers, a small number of believers who remained faithful to, to the Lord. There's always a remnant of believers who stay faithful to Jesus Christ and faithful to his word and glorify him. Throughout the history of the church, there's always a faithful remnant. Even at times when much of the church or most of the church is going off the rails, there's always this little faithful remnant of believers. Just as there was in Malachi's day. And look what it says. When those who feared the Lord spoke to one another about the Lord, the Lord listened and heard them. The word listened here, it literally means to 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 bend down and listen attentively. And the word hear, heard, the word heard means to hear with interest or to listen with with interest. So, so picture what this is saying. As most of the nation was rebelling and dishonoring God, there was a little faithful remnant. And when that faithful remnant spoke to one another about the Lord, the the Lord bent down to listen to them. And he listened carefully to hear what they had to say about him. And it says, and God made a note of it in his book of remembrance. God wrote it down. And listen, listen, give me your attention. Listen, there's so much craziness happening in the world today, isn't there? 
There's so much craziness in our country right now. So many churches that have gone off the rails and departed from the truth and gone into all kinds of kookiness, especially over the last couple years. But when a group of faithful believers who fear the Lord gather together and talk about Jesus Christ and esteem his name and honor his word, the Lord God in heaven bends down and he listens in. And he makes a special note of it in his book of remembrance. He, he, he writes it down. And, and I believe as we gather together on Thursday nights, to worship Jesus Christ and to fellowship together over a meal and to go through the word of God together, I believe the Lord bends down and he listens in and he writes it down in his book. Oh, look, there's a group gathered there on Rumsey Road. And they're esteeming me and they're esteeming my name and they're esteeming my word on a Thursday night when they could be at home watching the Dolphins-Bengals game. Or they could be gathering and talking about all kinds of stuff. But instead, they're talking about me and my word. And I believe it pleases the Lord to see his people esteeming him together. And he takes note of it. Especially in a time when there are so many not esteeming him. And not esteeming his word. With all of the craziness going on and everything happening. He takes notice when a group of believers gather together. To talk about him. To get into the word together. And to worship him. That blesses him. It blesses your father in heaven that you come out to get into the word together. And to fellowship with each other and pray with each other. And to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. It blesses him. And he takes note of it. Look what he says in verse 17. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On the day that I make them my jewels, my special treasure. These are my special treasure. Because they spoke to one another about me and they feared me and they esteemed my name. That's my special treasure. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. And we'll stop there. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. Lord, this book Malachi has been so challenging to us in so many ways, Lord. And we do ask that you would uh, search our hearts by your Holy Spirit, Lord, and speak to us about the things that we've talked about and. Lord, we, we want to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would, you, you would work in our hearts with these things. We thank you for them. And we thank you for your gentleness and your mercy and your grace in our lives. And, Lord, I pray for anybody here, Lord, that is just uh, that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, that they would surrender their life. Pray for those that have gotten away from you and they need to return to you, Lord, that they would do that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. 
Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time. But if you have any questions or would like to talk or share a prayer request, we'd like to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website, too. Are you looking for additional messages from this series? You can find them at calvaryec.com as well under the Media tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe and get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this Old Testament book of Malachi. Pastor Dan will help bring some clarity to what this book is about, so be sure to join us again right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the